Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Getting to know you, having a good nose about you. Having a gander, looking at what makes you tick. Hello everyone and welcome back to Propaganda. Yes, the show that no one asked to come back, but me and Len thought we'd bring it back anyway. Um, Joined... As I've already said, and you've heard him singing along now. Is my yeah. good old mate Len? How you doing? How then? nice is it to shrug off the deadwood and do have a propaganda again in oh. our own leisurely time? It is. This is. I hope this is fucking, a good one. They're a fucking burden, aren't they? That have a lot. Yeah. Well, they. You know, we we we, we soldier on. We soldier yeah. on. Do our guests to make up for it? No doubt. I hope so. Um, those that <laughs> <laughs> I do hope so. Uh, those that know the format of of propaganda, it's normally where we decide whether someone is a tanner or not a tanner. But uh, this person here, we we start. There's there's no finding him. He is a tanner because he's he's, he's undeniable. Bold, undeniable. So served the town impeccably. He did. He did. So I'm going to introduce you to people to a player or an ex-player I don't know we can call him an ex-player he played for West Ham not everybody that plays for West Ham gets to play for the first team but for me everybody that pulls on the shirt at any point in their time and got to play for West Ham has always got a story to tell and I hope the person we've got I will introduce him in a minute has got a good story to tell I know bits already and I hope he's going to reveal new bits um, of what it's like to be a young footballer at West Ham in the 1970s. Uh, so I'd like you to all welcome uh, Lou Murphy to the show. Hello, Lou. Hello, boys. How you doing? How are we doing? Yep, good. Keeping well? I am. That's you? good. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. So those that don't know Lou, Lou was a member of the West Ham youth setup from 1974 until 1977, was it? 76. 76, right, okay, for for two years. It was a good period, a lot of good players, 
um, were at the West Ham at the same time as Lou. And Lou will hopefully get to learn what it's like to be an apprentice footballer in the 70s at West Ham United. Um, to begin with, I'm going to read out what appeared in the West Ham United Tranmere Rovers programme. Um, in what? When was it, Lou? September 74, did you say? October 74. October 74. And it's in the setting of Young Hammer. It's in the first page as you open the programme as well. Star billing, page two, Lou. Uh, about the only time you probably was page two. Uh, Lou Murphy was born Stratford. That I never knew. Uh, London on the 19th of October, 1957. Uh, so that means you was born in what? Queen Mary's in? Queen Mary's, Not yep. past home maternity? No. All right, okay. Uh, you oh, I knew that. I knew he was born in Stratford. All right, so okay. I asked him. All right, well, there you go. Uh, he attended Tollgate Primary School, Plasto Grammar, which then became Cumberland Comprehensive School. You also played for Newham Boys in the under 14, 15 and 16. You played for Essex Boys as well. The Cumberland team in which he played won the London and Essex County Tournament and was the holder of the National Championship. So basically, Lou, you was part of the best school in the country. It was. Not academically, though. No, not academically. And it certainly <laughs> went downhill by the time I got there. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, and then Lou had signed Associated School Boy Forms for the Amers April 73, and you became an apprentice pro 1974. Welcome, Lou. Thank you. Nice and of course, I need to add that Nigel and Lou both share the same grandparents, which means they're cousins. Allegedly. So, yes. No, his well, mum's my cousin. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. His mum's... Oh, okay. So Lou's mum and Lou shared the so same grandparents. And he was my right. great-grandfather, yeah. So yeah. that's the second cousin, isn't it? Or a cousin wants to move. It's not a fucking... Second cousin, yeah. Genealogy podcast. It's not who do you think you are. No. Yeah. You know, we're not starting well, we, around we, here. We don't want to go down there, <laughs> <Yeah>. Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm like Bertie Bassett. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so, Lou, growing up, obviously, it says here, Tollgate, you grew up around um, the Prince Regent Lane area. Yeah, that's uh, right. Going Cumberland. Proper West Ham Artland. West Ham fan as a kid? Must have been. Uh, well, I was, uh, but uh, could have easily been Millwall. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's so, a fucking do you want to turn actually, early doors, isn't it? That reminds me, yes, now. Yeah. Why would it have been Millwall? Well, because my mum was uh, from Canning Town. Yeah. And my dad was from the old Kent Road. Yeah. So, I could have very easily been Millwall, but he never, ever... He liked football, but he was never a football man as such. And uh, he moved over here. So when I started going, probably, uh, I don't know, seven was my first game. And it was absolutely incredible. I thought, you know, walking into that ground and seeing the grass so green, you know. Yeah. And it was, uh, you couldn't start, well, it started at the top and worked down, really. It was West Ham against Man United. And it was more Erston Peters against Best Law and Charlton. And I think we actually won 3 2, if I remember. Was that the cup game? No, no, no. No, that it would have been the uh, semi final. I, I think it was uh, It was just. It was 1965. I was about seven years old at the time. And I went with my cousin, because he's, uh, his dad wouldn't let him go, because it was Man United, because it was going to be 
and it was absolutely going to be rammed. So he said, you know, you can't go on your own. You have to go with someone else. So he took me, and we was, uh, I don't know if you'd even remember it, but it was so crowded. We was hanging off the side of the South Bank. I don't know if you've ever done that. Well, in the corner? The, yeah, there used to be like a ledge. Yeah. And there'd yeah. be like the uh, the, the, the uh, iron angle that was part of the stand, and kids would stand on there, and you, you'd hold on to the, the, the iron angle above and be standing on the other one. And uh, it was all asbestos. <laughs> okay. And you could only see, well, what could you see? You could see the top of the goal. So you didn't know what happened if it went in at the bottom. But it was brilliant. I mean, absolutely fantastic. So exciting for a kid. That was August 1964. Was it? Yeah. I was about to say, it has to be in the season for the grass to be green. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it just seems so green, you know. West Ham won three yeah. one. It says here, Johnny Byrne, yeah. Jeff First, and Johnny Sisson scored the goal. I Big crags. Obviously, it must have been the first home game after we'd won the FA Cup. Oh, was it? Yeah, um, you and Johnny come late. That's what you're trying to get to. Dad was a Millwall <laughs> fan. We won the cup before you turn up. No, the funny thing was, is when I remember the '64 Cup final. Yeah, cool. And. You did. Uh, Sort of, it's the first real thing I remember at West Ham. And it was like, and my really? dad went, he thought it was funny. He said, Well, I'm, I support Preston. And like, when you're a kid sometimes, you side with your dad, don't you? Yeah. I could have been a Preston fan. <laughs> Only because he supported Millwall, he wanted Preston to win. But when you yeah. think about it, yeah, you've been right, you've been seven years old. Yeah. Right. What a way to sort of come in to sort of. It's the same, somewhat the same with me and you, Nigel. Really, you didn't have to wait long to see some a cup win. No, but yeah. For Lou, it was the first win of our history. Yeah. And his just... mother was an Amherst fan. Yep. And all the family was on, on the side, my mum's side, which is the same side as Nigel. Mm. I mean, did was you a regular attendant attender over there? Yeah, all the time after that anything and even go and see the reserves and the youth team it was just I just loved it so did you go right up to the point that you was taken on as a schoolboy? was you a fan right to the point you're taking on as a schoolboy? oh yeah boy, always yeah. been a fan yeah yeah, yeah absolutely just, West Ham mad and it was yeah. just I mean it was crazy just to uh, just to be about at that time yeah. you know was there I a moment to... that you was on the terraces and you said to someone next to you or one whoever you're with that you said I'm signing for West Ham? Did that happen or no? Uh, no, I mean the progression is you know you you, you play for your primary school and then you go mm. to senior school. Yeah, and uh, then if you're any good, you get district trial and. Yeah. If you're good enough, you get in the district team and then it, it, it just progresses from there. And obviously the scouts are about. I mean, I, I, I played for primary school, but uh, our school got thrown out of the league because we could only play friendlies because two years above us, uh, they had a big fight with a school called Monica in East Ham and they threw us out of the league. So we wasn't allowed to play in the league. We had to play friendlies. So uh, it was. It, we played very few games, you know. 
But mm. I was actually told some years later, oh, there was a scout at West Ham called Arthur B. Lamb. And he said to me, well, <clears throat> you know, I've grown and I've been, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, you've grown since you was 11. I went, what, what do you mean since I was 11? And he said, oh, we was watching you when you was 11. He said, I, I, you know, I remember you. And I was like, I was quite surprised. It just shows you don't know who's watching at any point. You know? Don't say that, Lou. So was this while you was playing for the school or for yeah, Newham? just for school. Just no, for, no for... this was like a primary school. All right. And then when I went to senior school, yeah. Plasto Grammar, that's where I first met Paul Brush. And he, he was just, he was on a different level to anything I'd ever seen before. And there was, there was three kids in Newham at the time. There was a black kid called Ozzy Tutu. And he was phenomenal, this kid. He was like he was like a little pillow, he was. And then there was Brushy. And then there was Curvishly. And they, they was just... They was on another planet to the rest of the kids. And and they was... And he, he used to, like... Paul Brush, he, he was just... It seemed that he'd, he'd play kids on his own, uh, teams on his own, you know. And he, he was like... I think he was captain of Newham Scoreboys when he was about nine... Him and Kirby and Ozzy too. They, they all played a year above themselves. They was that good. But I mean, he he played with us, and uh, even then, you know, you'd, you'd learn things from him. You know, you didn't know because they was just that far advanced to the rest of us. Mm. What I get from your teammates, uh, Lou, is not necessarily a sense of community but you all seem to know about each other as kids and all the, the the scouts knew about you. And there was a simple progression, like you said, from junior school to senior school to district camp, district team. And then the natural progression is that you were kind of picked from the district team, West Ham. Maybe there might have been a Chelsea scout there or something because they, they cast their net quite far and wide, maybe Tottenham, maybe Arsenal. But there was never... Oh, uh- I mean, never... all, all the scouts are everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's the job to see all the kids. Yeah. But when we was 11, I mean, when we started at grammar school, uh, West Ham used to send some of their, like, younger players out coaching in the schools. And we had Patsy Holland. And he, he, he come in the school, and he sort of said to me, do you play with the district? I went, no. Didn't, didn't give it a fault. It was just a game to me, you know. I never really had any ideas of even playing with the district or anything. I was just used to kick a ball. That's who it was. I didn't think anything of it, you know. So even when, like, you'd think, like, Paul Brush and these people playing with the district, just thought it was on another level. Mm. But, you know, you, you, you don't realise. But what, what happens is, is gradually the more football you play... I mean, I, I had Newham trials, I think, when I was what, 12. But I, 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 I didn't get through that one, you know. And it was only a couple of years later that I actually got into the Newham team. And it was... But they, they was... They, I mean, there would have been scouts everywhere. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd always... I mean, you didn't necessarily know who they was. But mm-hmm. you knew when Wally St. Pierre was there, you know. And you'd see him... You'd see him go up and talk to, like, parents. I mean, my parents never come because, you know, uh, there, was, there was, like, five of us kids, so they couldn't just spend all their time looking at me, 
but it was uh, you'd 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 see him and, and think, you know, oh blimey, he's getting picked up by whoever. There was there was a few of the few of the boys in in the team. It was already at West Ham before I got there, and I, and it, and it was it was a good team, very good team. I mean, I don't think I think they won the London and Essex every year from about under 11 up to under 14, under 15, all the way through. I think they, they might have lost one of them once. That's how good they was. But you had a pretty good start with, you know, Paul Rush and Alan Kirby seemed to tie mm. And there was other players who, who was, you know, I mean, by the time we, we left school, I think there was... Uh, five of us went to West Ham. Two went to Coventry. One went to Chelsea. And there was, and all the others were like training with professional clubs, and even some of the reserves. I mean, that's how good it was. I mean, I've got I've got the program here that says announcing that they'd signed. So we've got youth section news. Um, this looks like the first program of the season. It says we find five young players, but three of them from Cumberland. I mean, that's three out of one school's a lot. Paul Brush, Lou Murphy, and Gary Sprawl, who was goalkeeper, was Gary? Yeah, yeah, he used to go to Tollgate with me, so we knew each other from seven, so, or less than that. But there was another one actually, Pat Creasy. Oh right, he, yeah. he, signed, he was there. He, yeah. he was on trial at the time, and he actually he came through and he he joined as well as an apprentice. So there was five of us. And then it says another Newham score boy, Alan Kerbishley, yeah. um, who had also represented Newham, Essex, London, and England as a score oh, yeah. boy. Oh, he, he was like he, he was phenomenal at the time. He's, uh, you know, I, 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 everyone knows the stories of him being called Wiz and all that. Mm. He, he was, and the thing about it was, is he knew, you know, he actually knew <laughs> what how good he was. Oh, he, he just, I remember him saying to me, like, I mean, I, I, when I first saw, sort of met him, we used to play on a Sunday for, uh, we played for Vicarage Youth Club in East Ham. All right, yeah. Vicarage and he joined Lane. us because yeah. him and Brush used to play with Fairburn, but then they joined us at Vicarage Youth Club. And I remember him saying, oh, I'll, pr- I'll probably win six medals this year. And I thought, how does he know that? But he was just used to winning everything. Because him and Brushy were like that good, they could just carry teams, you know. But they, they had so many. There were so many good players in, in, in and about Nurm at the time. And they, you know, it, it, it was, it was amazing the number of good players. But I think that goes for sort of every year group in Nurm. I don't know what it's like now, but they would be, win most of the Essex and London Cups at most ages. Hmm. The, the, the fifth one that made it up in the program was um, Derek Fraser, but obviously he was 17 when they signed him. Uh, was he? Yes, what well, it says, 17. He's nearly 17, it says, but had been playing for Forest Mechanics in Scotland. Yeah, Ooh. but he, he he came down when he was 15, I think he came down and lived here. All right. Because we also, I mean, after we, we, we left Vicarage and we played with Riverhawks, and then we was the first year to had to stay at school at 16. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get to that, actually, because there, there was a big, um, reading through some of the old programs in my research, there, there, 
they sort of weren't complaining, but they were saying there, there, there may be a bit of a lapse with the youth recruitment due to yeah. people were unsure of the rules now because people could no longer leave school at 15. They had to leave school at 16. Yeah. So therefore, would a 16-year-old still be classed as an associated schoolboy? So mm. youth football at the time hadn't really understood the rules on, or the, from what I was reading. Um, was yeah, you, we was, was we you wasn't actually school? allowed to play. Sorry, was you still at school when you signed for, when you joined West Ham, or, or was it that's when you left? Uh, I was at school when I signed. Obviously, schoolboy forms. Yeah. And, but once we left school, then we we just the next sort of week we we was apprentices. Yeah. Right. Was it? Was there any other clubs looking at you, or or that was sort of apart from West Ham? Was in you know as you said, there's a lot of scouts hanging round. Chelsea. Oh, there was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Uh, it, I mean, the reason I, I signed schoolboy forms is uh, me and a mate of mine called Barry McCarvey. We uh, we went we went to Coventry. All right. And uh, we was actually training in the holidays at West Ham. And uh, I was just leaving the training ground to go get in the van back to Upton Park. And Ron Greenwood said, see you tomorrow. And I went, no, I'm going to Coventry tomorrow. And he was like, what do you, what do you mean you're going to Coventry? And uh, I went and got in a van and all of a sudden they they come out and said, all right, Barry and Luke, you're coming to office. And there was, uh, who was there? Greenwood, Lyle, Ernie Gregory and uh, Bill Lansdowne. And he was, and Gregory was going, you know, he, saw, he was sort of saying, what are you doing? He said, you, he said, you're local boys, you're in class though, what are you, what are you playing about it? And he's like, oh, we're just going to have a look around. But we went up there, I mean, he actually signed from Barry McCarthy. But what happened is the same day, he, he's uh, Wally St. Pierre, we went back to Upton Park to get our expenses and Wally St. Pierre said, Ron's, Ron's been on the phone. Uh he wants you to, to sign schoolboy forms. Can I come round your house tonight? I'm sort of went, yeah, all right. And uh, so, you know, Wally St. Pierre comes round your house. I mean, my brother was like, he he was he was a West Ham fan. He, he used to be outside the ground getting autographs. Mm. And Wally St. Pierre come in there, in the ground, in the house, like, and he was like, Jesus, it's Wally St. Pierre. <laughs> Which is a bit surreal, really, you know. Because, I mean, he's, uh, after the World Cup win, he was the man who sort of helped England win the World Cup because he had discovered the three, the World Cup trio, as they were called. And they serialised his uh, story in the Sunday People for a few weeks. So he, he, was, he was, I mean, he, he was a famous old scout. I mean, certainly if you're a West Ham supporter, you'd know Wally St. Pierre. And he was West Ham man through and through, wasn't he? Yeah. But the funny thing was... Is he coming? He coming out my house, and my dad told him to sling his hook. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> and he, yeah, you, well, you know me, dad. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't because he was Millwall. It was because, like, you know, he uh, he couldn't go to grammar school when he was a kid because they couldn't afford the school uniform. Yeah, you know? and that used to happen to kids. And he said to me, "You're not doing no. You you want to go to university?" And I was like. I don't. I want to play for West Ham. 
and he was well. He said, "Well, say you get injured," and he was saying, "Wallace and Pierre, he's, he's not leaving school. He went. He ain't got. It. He's, <laughs> he was like, you know, calm down. He ain't got to leave school." As you said, Ron's asked me to, to sign him so we don't lose him to Coventry or whatever. So actually, we, me and Barry McCarthy actually signed that night and we went to Coventry because it was already arranged. And, uh, I mean, they asked me back, and uh, but he actually went back and he actually signed apprentice for him. And he was a good player, Barry McCarthy, but it didn't work out for him. But, you know. I mean, I was, I, I was just, it was just, I, I just wanted curious, go and have a look. I mean, there was no way I'd go anywhere other than. Uh, Who was at Coventry at the time? Anyone? That, was it Dave Sexton? Oh, Jimmy Old left by then, didn't he? Joe Mercer. Joe Mercer. Oh right, yeah. Joe he, he Mercer was, was in charge. I remember. Became uh, England manager for one game. That's right. Yeah, he was there. He was quite old. And uh, who else was there? Bill Glazier, the goalkeeper. Yeah. 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 Morris Setters. Yeah, he was Republic of Ireland assistant manager. I That's think. right, Jack yeah. Charles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, Tommy Hutchinson was there, actually. Yeah. Yeah, who scored both ends in the Man City. 81 Cup, Cup final, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was all them sort of people you saw on the, your bubblegum cards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you, when you finish school, now, you, now West Ham, straight away, are you going to join us? Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, what what happened was, is I think we was, uh, I think we we, I think pre-season actually started before the actual official date of leaving school. So they, I think we had to start. Well, they had to start training because I was injured, but uh, so they had to do a week for nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, because I suppose officially you leave school end of July. Yeah. Right, so you see, <laughs> so you couldn't start. Yeah, but but I mean, what had happened to me is when I I, uh, I should have been revising for my uh, O levels, but I decided to go training at Chabweef, and I uh, I got a grass burn on my knee. I went septic, and I had an abscess on it, and it was just oh, terrible, you know. I. I it, it was really bad. I mean, it got it got to the point where I had to go to hospital down in the old, remember the old Siemens Hospital down Custom House? Yeah. yeah I had to go down there. My dad took me down there and uh, he, he said, Jesus Christ, lucky you brought him here. He said, if, if you hadn't brought him, he said he, uh, he could have actually lost his leg. I was like, what? <laughs> But because of that, me me my leg was was sort of weak, and I don't know. I, I think I missed the first two weeks of I missed the pre-season two weeks of all the running, and then what happened is uh, I went to my first day's training, and Rob Jenkins strapped up my knee, and I stupidly kicked a ball and just ruptured the tendon under my knee, and. You know, I was just—I was just miles behind everyone else. You say you're miles behind everyone else. Who was in your your hopeful position when you got in my to... hopeful position? Yeah. What was uh, your position? I don't think we've said it yet. Well, 
preferably, yeah, I like to play in in the number six position right. next to the centre half. But you know, there was. But I got into the district team and the county team when I played once was as left back. That was like my route in. And in the way, probably would have been either Johnny Dumphy or Tony Tudnam. And they was, yeah, I mean, they was, they was good players. And I was actually, when we met up down the Black Lion last week, like she said to Tony Tudnam, for the life of me, I don't know why I ever joined West Ham when you was in the way. Because <laughs> I thought he was that good, you know? He was highly rated, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, he... They, he, they didn't he, bring he, him from that distance he, if they didn't fancy him. No, I mean he, he was he was a he always seemed a classy player, me Tony. Mm. But but it's I don't know. It's I think the thing you don't understand is is you see people and you and you, you don't understand why they that they don't make it or why the club don't fancy them. You know. Yeah. And and I and I it, it's something that I've you know I think you know. Because everyone, you'd always find everyone, wouldn't you? Like you'd, you'd people you go to school with, and they'd say, well, "I used to go to school with so and so, but he was useless at school. I was better than him." You know, and you get that, and and yeah. and no one understands how. And and I, it's something I, I said to some of the fellas about, you know, when we meet up, is I don't know how do how do you how do you know? You're a professional. We don't know. We just don't know what it takes. There's a something there which the layman doesn't know. Yeah. yeah because I mean we I mean we all watched, didn't we? And there's there's sixty thousand of us are saying, you know, we're all watching it and saying, Well, why don't you put him on? Yeah. He's better than him. And you're wondering why. Why don't they give him a chance? But there there must be something that we don't understand. Yeah. You know? Is it is it a lack of the draw? I mean I mean one player yes. you, you yeah. may have come across playing school football same age as you is Kevin Bond now he would have no he's a year older than me oh was he a year older than you yeah yeah um, but it, for me you look at him and you think was his career done by his dad you didn't rate him Nigel no I, 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 when, I, he, I don't he, think I don't think he played for Newham Boys. No, and this he is went to South West Ham Tech. Yes, which Alan Kirby's school. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, and I think, I, in fact, I used to have a mate who was in the same year and said he could, he wasn't in the school team. Now I might be wrong. I don't know. I don't remember him at all. But uh, I mean, Paul Brush and Alan Kirby's you might remember because they played a year above them quite a lot. Yeah. Kerbis, you certainly know. Yeah. But, I, I mean, he, he started at Bournemouth, managed by John Bond, went to Norwich, managed by John Bond, played for Man City, managed by John Bond. <laughs> he went to Southampton, not managed by John no, Bond, No, but, th- yeah, but then he's had the luck of the career, hasn't he? Yeah. At, at, at the beginning, it, it was just... I think he's had, I think he, he probably had more opportunities, but, I mean, he ended up as an England B international, didn't he? So he could do it. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps I'm being a bit... I, it was just... There's someone that I knew come from the area. I knew he went to South West Ham Tech. And I think I'd heard some, someone separately about Kevin Bond 
they weren't all that as a player at school. And he, he was either a late developer or he had that extra help in allowing him to develop late. So, I mean, I'll, I'll read out. that. So, roughly back then, you had one youth team or, 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 or group of youth players. How many would it be? About 15, 16? I mean, the names I've got here, you, you've already mentioned. So, we've got Tony Tuddingham, who uh, came from Norfolk, was it? Up. Yeah, definitely yep. like a carrot cruncher up that way. Derek Fraser from um, Scotland. Then we've got yep. Gary Sprawl, who's local like you. Yep. Dave Danson, uh, another goalkeeper who seemed to... I don't know where Dave is from, but... Dave, Dave was Chelmsford. Essex, yeah. And he was so, England yeah. schoolboy goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. so he'd, he'd followed literally the path that Mervyn Day had probably trod yeah. the, the, a couple of years before him. Merv also come from uh, Chelmsford. Um, Nigel Spink come from Chelsea as well. Yeah, yeah. There was and there was another goalkeeper that Dave Danson talks about come from Chelmsford. Hotbed of goalies. Yeah, perhaps yeah, that's where I went wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Pat Creasy, who was uh, um, a local Cumberland. boy, Cumberland boy. Yeah. Uh, Chester Brown. Chester, yeah. Um, an athlete, he was. Yeah. Matthew Hill. Um, Buxton, yeah. Then we got Alan Kerbishley, um, yeah. Chris Smith, Smudger, yeah, yeah. Paul Brush, we know John Dompfey, who was South London, wasn't John? Croydon, yeah, Croydon, Croydon. yeah. Terry Sharp, Sharpie. Well, we went for Pretoria. Oh, yeah. oh, right, Cannon Town boy. Same as Frank Lampard then, and then yeah. obviously you, Jeff Pike. Jeff Pike, yeah, he was from Farrock. Yeah, so. I mean, there weren't really. It's not like the days of today where where they were drawing them from Europe, or, or I mean, I suppose Malcolm Fraser's the one they brought down from Scotland. So a lot of it, a lot of it was local. I'd imagine it was a tight knit. Well, we. I mean, uh, I think uh, on one or two occasions we actually played Norm Voice boys versus the rest. Tanners versus out of towners. Yeah, is what you're trying yeah, to tell just it. like in just like little little games. And Chrissy Smith, who was born at Stratford, he actually played with the out of towners. Oh right. wow! <laughs> oh, just to make the numbers up, I guess. No, because he he played for he played he moved to Havering, Romford, somewhere I think. All right. Mm. But, I mean, they, they, all those players. I mean, a lot of them went. Chrissy Smith, Tony Tudnam, Dumphy. Uh, I mean, they they was they was playing in the reserves at fifteen, hmm. you know, and I think Smudger might have even captained the reserves. He was, you know, he was always a captain. I mean, the out of town boys, I'd imagine they had to then move into the area, move into hmm. digs. Uh, yeah, Tony Tudnam, Malliel, uh, Derek Fraser. There was another kid from uh, in our year group. Was a kid called Peter Robinson, and he came from Scunthorpe, and he's known as Scunny. But uh, I never, I never, never heard of him before he uh, signed Apprentice. He was, he was just, you know, just turned up and he was there. But all the others you knew from either training with him or, you know. Because what happened, because we had to uh, stay at school and we couldn't actually play for West Ham's juniors or that, 
and they, they never used to allow kids like now. They have like under 10 teams and things like mm. that, don't they? The professional yeah. club. And it was all, well, I suppose it was all like illegal at the time in football terms. And so Ron Greenwood decided that we'd, uh, he, he teamed up with Poplar Boys Club down Chris Street in Poplar. All right. And uh, he said, all right, he got us all together. And he, he, he was, the funny thing was, he didn't have enough players to begin with. So they had to bring, and that's where Terry Sharp come in. Paul Brush said, I know a good player we can bring in. And they brought in Sharp. He wasn't with West Ham at the time. And uh, and he said, right, we're, we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to play in Yeller and uh, with light blue shorts because he liked Brazil. <laughs> so we, we played with them. And, uh, and Derek Fraser, because of that, Derek Fraser, because he couldn't play in the, in the junior team either, and he'd left school and come down from Scotland, I think. And uh, he played with us. But he was training every day. So when you leave school, yeah. what is life as an apprentice footballer like in nineteen seventy four? Well, uh, I had to take a wage cut when I actually joined West Ham because I was uh, my granddad. He had a uh, he had a sweet shop, and uh, and my my mum's family, a lot of them were market traders. And uh, a lot of them had stalls in Rathbone Market. So we could always get jobs. And uh, so I was working in a sweet shop. And I used to work on my uncle's fish stall in Rathbone Market. Yeah. It's a smelly old job. <laughs> so I was like getting £10 a week, which is quite a lot of money for a kid of like 15, 16 at the time. I joined West Ham and got eight quid. So I'd take a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> And um, what what so you so would you train every day, or but what were your chores like? I mean, we hear the days of cleaning the boots, sweeping the terraces, painting the the, the stadium. Is that was that what life was like? We had to, uh, yeah. We generally what we'd have to do is is you'd have to lay out all the kit for the first team, and then you'd have to go through. Uh, used to have to dry it. They never used to wash the kit. I used to dry it. So you'd wear the same kit for five days all through the week. It used to stink like anything. And uh, we'd also, before games and after games, so we'd, we'd have to get the, the place ready. So everyone would have a uh, a job. So there'd be, there'd be uh, the out-of-towners, like Dave Dance and Chrissy Smith, they used to have to look like a Chad Leaf and then all us who was like living at, in the sort of Nurm area, we'd have to uh, do all the stuff at Upton Park. Sometimes, I mean, do you remember how bad the pitch used to be? Yeah. It's terrible. Sometimes they'd like, they'd like just send us all, we'd be training, they'd send us all back to Upton Park because the pitch wasn't ready for the game on a, on a night time. And we'd have to like sort of all get out on the pitch and try and smooth it out. It was like it was like it was like like it was like sort of laying Asheville. You'd have to sort of smooth the mud out, and as soon as they run out, it was all big old skin anyway, you know. But also the other thing you used to have to do is you used to have to clean the boots. 
and uh, I, I don't know if you know who the boot man was. It was uh, it was an old fella called Jack Jack Leslie. Yes, yes. And he's known as Jack the Boot. And I used to say like when you're a young kid, oh go and see Jack the Boot and help him show you how to clean the boots. So you go in there and he'd tell you stories of like when he was a kid and especially me because I was injured and he said, well, what you done, son? And I was like, oh, I've, uh, I've done my knee. And he told me a story about how he did his knee and, yeah. Well, he was yeah, a canning town boy, wasn't he? He was a nice, yeah, but he played with Plymouth. Yes. You know? Yeah. And evidently it come out in the last year or so, was it? Yeah. The story of him not being picked for England. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was something that was sort of unsaid at the time. Yeah. But then I don't, a group of Plymouth fans obviously made it sort of be known the stories that he got picked for England while playing for Plymouth because he was an ex Fairburn boy. Um, oh, was he? Up, yeah, grew up in Canning Town and um, for somehow ended up playing for Plymouth, did really well for them, scored lots of goals, got picked for England, and then one of the it was done, picked then by a committee, and one of the committee members then went down and watched him play after picking him. The rumour is that they realised he was like a man of colour and then didn't officially call him up. So the story yeah. was he'd been picked. It was put out he'd been picked. They went and looked at him before announcing the squad and then admitted him. And this was like 1925. Really? Um, yeah. there, there's quite a good picture of him actually playing for Fairburn uh, at Upton Park. Yeah. Walking out on the pitch. This is after he'd retired. <laughs> this is, yeah. So, um, the, I think the story goes, he just turned up at West Ham one day, knocked on the door and said, you got any jobs? And Ron, told Ron Greenwood who he was and Ron Greenwood knew who he was and hired him. Oh, really? Just like that. Um, but, yeah, he was, so he, he played, I think most, near enough all his career in Plymouth but then came back. But yeah, I think he was at West Ham till the mid-80s when he retired. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, yeah, but when you start to clean the boots with him, and sometimes, I mean, you're a kid of 16, you're not really, you just want to play football, don't you? You don't want to clean everyone's boots. Yeah. And sometimes we just used to, used to do quite a shoddy job. And sometimes we just used to put the polish over the mud. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you know whose boots you were cleaning? Is, is it like yeah, one sometimes, of these? Sometimes you think, he, he kicked me the other day, you want to, you want, they get a bad Bad job done on their boots. <laughs> in in training, did you um, did was it ever? I mean, you got Ron Greenwood. Was I mean Ron Greenwood? Did, you know, you're at the West Ham Academy as such, and we were sort of supposed to be known for bringing the youth through. Was it one of them things where you was brought in to play with the with the senior players in training? Or was yeah. it separate? No, I mean, well, we the first season I was there, this was when they beat Fulham in the cup final. Yeah. And, I mean, after I got injured, I mean, as I said, I was, I was way behind and and I, 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 I couldn't even get a game, you know. It, it, was, it was that bad. I mean, it was probably, I, I probably had, a, the first year of my apprenticeship was probably the worst ever from everyone, I should think. And, but quite often, you know, I would get sent up. They, they at that time they they, would, they used to train at a gym in Redbridge at Fairlop. I quite often get sent up and play with the first team, and quite often I'd, I'd get sent to play with the first team. And I, I mean, it wasn't a merit, obviously, because I couldn't even get in the youth team. But <laughs> and I used to I used to spend sort of. I mean, the, West Ham would play keep ball for hours. You know, that's where the old, the whole philosophy of the West Ham way sort of come from. I think is it was about keeping the ball. You know, and I'd spend God hour and a half chasing Johnny Harris about because we'd actually play man to man. So there'd be like uh, Trevor Brooking and Billy Bonds. You know, they'd be doing man to man on each other. Frank Lampard. I mean, it was a good team that year. But uh, I mean, you'd, you'd think you'd think it was great, wouldn't you, to actually be sent to play with the first yeah. team? It was terrible for me because it meant I couldn't get I, I couldn't play with the youth team, you know. And also, what what they needed is they they needed someone else to pick up the kit, which is one of the the uh, the jobs you do as a kid. So it's, it's it's a bit, and and sometimes what they do is is like the people like I mean, very quickly like Alvin started to to, sh- to show up as being a, a bit a bit exceptional, you know. Because he and came that, in uh, the same year, didn't he? But didn't he come yeah, a couple yeah. of months after you? No, he, he came on a on a uh, on a trial, I think. Right. I remember seeing his first game. He was playing in. He just played, and the next minute he was an apprentice. But I mean, 
his uh, his ambition and determination was phenomenal. He was single-minded, and that's what you have to be. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I had that. I would, I would always be ready for a laugh and a joke, and it's probably, you know, that's that's probably part of your downfall. I mean, when uh, Ron Greenwood uh, came in with P45, he sort of said, you know, you probably your attitude is not that not the best it could be. I mean, he's probably right, you know. Hmm. How did but, that come about? The, what do you the, mean? Well, the, the the what the end of it? Yeah, the, the turn down. What would you, the reject? Not rejection. That's not the right word. The the sack is basically. Yeah. I mean, what what happens is is you're you're you got an apprenticeship, so everyone has has a varying amount of time. It's up to your 18th birthday. That's that's the maximum of it. And so on your 18th birthday, they either have to say yes or no. But you can sign at the time. You could sign professional at seventeen, like an Alan Kirbishly did, because uh, well, he was just that good, you know. And uh, you know, um, I think what you had to do is in the month before your eighteenth birthday, they just had to go and find out, and they'd just say yes or no. So it's uh, so that's why players. That answers a question. Actually, I wonder because uh, you would read in the program players released halfway through the season. Yeah. And you'd think, well, that's a bit of a funny thing to do. But yeah. obviously it's because their birthdays, their 18th yeah. birthday had yeah. turned up and the club were like, no, nah, not for us, son. And that's it. And I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's it's very funny, you know, that they, they're chasing you and they sign you on schoolboy forms. But, I mean, everyone knows the rules of the game. But it's a, it's a rat race. And if you're not good enough... You know the rules. You just get discarded. I think the thing is, is, is some players are not expecting to be discarded, and then it's a real, you know, it's a real blow, isn't it? Hmm. But it was, uh, I don't know. I mean, a, uh, I, I remember I, I had to go and had to go and see Ron Greenwood. And he was, he, I mean, the fellow was a phenomenal coach and his knowledge of football was was amazing, you know. But, uh, so was it, right, let's get this right, because and I'll tell you why I want to get this right. So Ron Greenwood's got to say, and and who stays and who goes. And people remember, this is when John Lyle is now, or perceived as being the manager of the club. No, he, he, he was the team manager. Team manager, yeah. And John and I mean, I don't I don't ever remember really at the time Ron Greenwood. I mean, he, he was always he was always joining training quite a lot, you know. But he he would be with the youth team. Ron Greenwood. He, he, yeah, he yeah. was he was uh, he's very strong on the youth team. He, he was that was a thing, and he, he left John Lowell to do first team. But I mean, they obviously used to obviously talk about you know what they were going to do with the first team because I mean I mean his wealth and knowledge was phenomenal wasn't it how did you find him as a person as a person yeah not very good because he never picked me (laughs) I got the feeling you you was about to say what you know an amazing man all his courage and that but as a person an absolute fucking um you know 
But but uh, what it comes because when I talk to other footballers, especially those of of your of your class, for want of a better word, as in your 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 um, your era. youth team, mm. those who like um, they they at that time when you you had the transition between John and Ron, those who got picked by John like John, and those who got picked by Ron like Ron. And there were some instances that Ron liked the plan and John didn't like him. And it was probably the other way around, but it certainly does seem that the hiring firing right up to the end was done by Ron. I don't know whether he, whether he just did it. I mean, no, they'd obviously talk. I mean, Boise was our boss, you know, mm. as apprentices. And, and they, I mean, they held him in the highest esteem, Boise. They was they, I think they they sort of thought he was like just on par or just below you know the free England players. That's how highly they thought. And and he he was technically a superb player. I mean you only have to think of that goal he scored at Main Road. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that must be probably the most technically wonderful goal ever. You know, is it on the half volley? And it's come from the side, and he sort of cut across it, and he hit on the half volley from the centre circle. Mm. Oh, it's an incredible goal! But he, he had that. He, he was a, he was a really. I mean, I think he he packed up a bit early, didn't he? But, yeah. And he, but he was he was a he was phenomenal, you know, technically. But I think they 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 all had a hand in it, and Bill Lansdowne. I think they'd all put their. Uh, mm. You know, six pen at him, but I think at the end of the day, it would have been Ron Green who made the uh, decision. Mm. I mean, in my case, it wasn't a decision to be made. I was, I didn't think I was going anywhere, so I didn't expect anything, you know. Uh, not one point did you sort of let yourself get carried away and think that it might happen. Because when I talk to you, I don't ever get the feeling that you ever thought that you were going to make it. I only no. see you in the company of players that did. So, well, no, I, I, I mean, I was just I got injured, you know. And yeah, it, it's, yeah, part, it was... it's part of the game, you know. It's, it's, it's some people say, well, you got injured as it's an excuse, but it don't really matter. Well, it's part it of the game. It? Yeah, it's fair enough, you know. Yeah, because no one says, well, you know, uh, we would have won four nil, but if you hadn't been injured. It doesn't really matter, does it? You can't change anything. No. And did that injury carry on after West Ham? What happened after West Ham? After, oh, I, I tell you, well, what actually happened is uh, a mate of mine, who's an apprentice at Orient, a fellow named Terry Hunt, used to play for Newham with. And he got me a trial at Orient. And uh, so I left West Ham on the Saturday on my 18th birthday. And, Happy uh, birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, that's a nice happy birthday. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> Here's one. Yeah. You come in of age, all right? Yeah, Fuck so off you, down the road. So, so you're out the door. Yeah. And uh, so I went down to Orient and uh, I was there. I mean, they were, but Orient, they, they were probably a bit smaller at the time and everybody trained together. So I was training, we was like, we was playing in game and was playing with Laurie Cunningham, you know, mm-hmm. who was there at the time. You know, what a player he was, you know. And mm. there was Bobby Fisher and who was there? Bill Roffey, I think. Tony Grealish. 
Paddy Grealish, yeah, all them, Nigel Gray, John Smolders. Yeah. And they they had a very they had a very good youth team at the time. You know. Andrew Dozy was in the youth team. No, John Tadozzi was a bit later. A bit later, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I remember playing against him. Jesus Christ, he was fast. You know? Yeah. So I went there one day and uh, I was waiting at the Green Gate for the 58 bus. The next day, it didn't come. I just cut my losses, went home, went and got a job. <laughs> just like you know. Yeah. My, my uh, football, my professional football career, if there was one, finished at the Green Gate. Yeah. Waiting Busting for the 58. Up. Thanks for London Transport. Do you think Lucky it would have been yeah. different if the bus had turned up? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't actually... To tell the truth, the more I think about it, I don't think I was really suited to it at all, you know? I mean, it's all a bit, it's all a bit of a dream for any kid, isn't it? You know? So it was like West Ham or bust, basically. Or, or was I, it? I mean, no, or was it yeah, just but, football uh, life? You didn't think that being a footballer was actually after no. doing the two years. You thought, oh. no. Well, I was well. No, I didn't do two years. I done fifteen months. Yeah, but I, it probably was if I can't play at West Ham. I'm not really too interested in playing with anyone. No, which is a bit silly, really, isn't it? I mean, only hindsight. That's not what how it felt then. But the funny thing was, is is I actually saw Paul Brush. I don't know, around that day, the day after. And I said, uh, they said, oh, I thought he was Orient. I said, no. Nah. I said, no, nah. oh, I'm not even going to try now. And I said, see if I can come back and just play in the youth team as an amateur. So I, uh, and I, I'd had such a a bad time, you know. I, I thought, surely I can't be that bad. And I actually just probably went back to prove something to myself that, and I, and, and being a West Ham supporter, I probably didn't want to be like, have, you know, such a bad taste in the mouth that I didn't do very well. Yeah. So I actually went back and played, which which I actually loved, you know. So I was back playing with the boys again. So As an amateur. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I actually, I actually become captain, you know. So when all the, uh, all the big boys like Alvin and Curbs and Brushy were that were in the uh, reserves. Yeah, boys would actually make me captain. So that, I mean, that was I mean, you, quite nice. you did play for the reserves, though, didn't you? Yeah, I did play the reserves. Played, I think I played a couple of combination games, hmm. and I played in what did they have at the start of the season? West Ham United 11s which is really the reserves. I played in about five of them, and I was, I think I was sub about five times, something like that. Uh, it's, uh, and again, that, even that's a different level, you know? It's, you, I mean, if people watch it and think, you're watching the reserves, you think, God, this is rubbish, or it's not very good. Jesus Christ. You try playing in it, and you, you really, it takes a, some people, just glide through it, you know. But it, it, if you're just coming up through the grades, it takes a bit of getting used to. Yeah, you have to, you have to get the grips with the speed of it, you know, because people are thinking a bit. I mean, when we played, when I played in that game, he was talking about uh, when we played. This one, so you played against the one I've got here. So you're playing against Spurs at Upton yeah. Park. Yeah, we got Nigel Spinks in goal, who went on mm-hmm. to win the European Cup. 
six yep. years later, uh, your plane, there's a yep. there's a, a, a boiling, a white, a stock, and a Baldwin. So the defence, I don't really know. Then we got Ferguson. Well, actually, to... in their defence, Boise played as a sweeper. All right. So, yeah, yeah Boise, A.D. Coker, Terry Erlock, yep. and yep. Assassins. Bobby Ferguson. And Bobby Ferguson. And for people listening who may not realise, Nigel Spink and Bobby Ferguson were both goalkeepers. So where was Bobby Ferguson playing then, Lou? Well, Bobby Ferguson was, was all West Ham's goalkeepers. I mean, before goalkeepers had to be good footballers, all West Ham's goalkeepers would join in with keep ball and they all had to be good footballers. So there'd be it'd be easy for a doddle from now, all this passing the ball back and kicking it out. But they was all good, and he was a really good footballer, Bobby Ferguson. And uh, I remember we was uh, coming down out the tunnel, and Martin Chivers was playing with them, and he sort of said, "Bobby Ferguson, what are you doing here? Why aren't you in goal?" <laughs> yeah, I was going to lob you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a great game, though, was it? Because we lost six-one. But I, well, I... <laughs> we was a pretty, we was just a scratch side. I mean, because it would have been filled with after youth team who was playing in the youth cup semi-final the next day so it was it was really the few reserves that they've put in plus whoever was left really and they had they, I think out of their team I think all 11 of them had, had played first team football and the ball was fizzing about I tell you and uh, what they decided to do is, is they said we'd go uh, man to man at the back and Boise would play behind us, which he was brilliant at, you know. But we was just running around in circles because so, they was just, you know, it was going here, there and everywhere. I mean, that was April the 1st. April the 5th, you, you, just four days later, you're playing in a reserve, in a youth, in the South East Counties League now, back to the youths with... Um, Nigel Spinks is back in goal again. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, this is against Portsmouth at Chad Relief. Creasy, Murphy, Fraser, Alvin Martin, yep. Rochester, Hill, Terry Erlock again, Terry Sharp, John Dompfey and, and a Jones. Um, and, and they had Chris Kamara playing for them. Did they really? Yeah. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I'm looking here through where you went. You went on a, a youth tour to Utrecht. Do you, do you remember going on that? Do you mean Urek? Urek. Oh, was it Urek? Oh, it's right. Stuttgart. Yeah. Oh, right, in Germany. Oh, yeah, I, was, I thought it was Utrecht. But you're right, yeah. it's Urek. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, Alvin Martin, you, Gary Sproul. Oh, it's all the same. Serial, and they, yeah. And they, uh, that team won the tournament. And Johnny Donphy, he he won. He didn't win the Player of the Tournament award. He won the Most Beautiful Player award. Mm-hmm. Oh. Comes out a lot that story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good time in Germany. I've got photos of that. For those who wonder how I sort of have some kind of prior knowledge over Nigel's cousin over Nigel, is I'm making a documentary film about this team with Alvin, and. Um, if I could make a film as good as it is when we go down the pub and have a good chat about the old times, well, they do. I obviously wasn't there. Um, 
if I could make a film encapsulating these drinks in the bowling and in the black lion, I'd win an Oscar. But I can't. I could never better portray the fun they have because a lot of the stories, obviously, they won't say on camera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of the scandals, especially Kerbishley, he knows everyone. He knows every scandal and this, that, and the other. It's, 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 I'm very privileged, I'd say, to sort of be part of it. And you'll see bits of it soon. Um, hopefully, Lou might be the first of his team to come on this propaganda because they're, they're well worth getting to know. We really are. So I'll I'll keep, every, I'll, everyone's got a story, haven't they? Oh, they're just a fantastic bunch, Lou, this, this, this youth team. They really are. I'm not just saying that. No, I mean, and it's funny. They're just friends. a load of old men, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this is the funny... It's, it's a pure divide, this team, of the haves and the have-nots, the towners and the outer-towners. Yeah. You, you all get on so well, and you, it, it looked like, and I think I've called it on film, that when you had your first big reunion, that you almost all picked up where you left off. Yeah. And bearing in mind that this is a team, as Lou might have alluded to, that you got pulled in the office your 18th birthday, you got told the yes or no, and you were straight out of the door. There's no bone mobile phones. You couldn't keep in touch with each other. You were down the road. That was it. People realised you'd gone the next day, and they didn't know where you live. You never had a phone. Certainly never had a mobile phone. There's no email. You couldn't keep in touch with them. So some of these players walked out the door when they were 18, rest of the team not even knowing they were in the office. And they didn't see them again until they had a drink up last October in the Burning Tavern. And if you think that's an interesting story, well, it's, we got it all on camera. So... Yeah. I, I hope mean, that you will think you'll be worth watching. I mean one of one of the things was is is I mean I mean you 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 think of Alvin. I mean we was in the Bolin. And he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah. You know, and you could just see the smiles on people's faces. Yeah. I have like, what is he doing here at the Bolin? West Ham have nothing to do with the Bolin anymore. No. There's Alvin in the Bolin. You know, it's not his local, is it? It was surreal. No. And and he, he the was... The shippies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I actually had a good conversation with him and said, Jesus Christ, I said, uh, yeah, it's really good to see you. Because, you, you, you know, and it's, it's not below him, but you just think, yeah. God, I mean, you've played for like, I don't know, 20 years? How many years was it? 21 years. And you you yeah. just think, you know, well, there's there's twenty reunions you can go to, Alf. Yeah, why why that one? Yeah, and he just said no. He said it's uh, it's an incredible group of people. This is where it yeah. started, and without this, nothing follows. Yeah, he well, means that, you know. He says that sort of privately. Oh as no, well. yeah. He's I mean, got some. There's some kind of that you, was. Yeah, do you think it's the welcome team? then that, that you local boys gave him? Then. No, we never give him. Oh, you never give him. No, a you're fucking He's quite powerful to all this. All right, okay. <laughs> um, a few yeah, years so... ago, like a few years ago, I mean, we when I was working after I left West Ham, 
and I, I decided not to be an Orient player as well, uh, I, uh, I got a job on the council and I was there for like 30 years. And some time ago, I mean, I left there like I don't know, 15 years ago, probably. Uh, but a few years before that, they decided to have a motivational speaker. And they had two of them. One was Tony Cotty, who come one day. And the other was, was Alvin. And, uh, and what happened was, he's, he just, uh, he, he came in and, and he, and a fella said, oh, one of our people knows you. And he comes, he comes striding up, up the uh, hallway. It was in the town hall at East Ham. And he came up, I mean, and he just, and Pete was like, how the hell? I didn't know Lou knows Alvin Martin. I was like famous, you know? People <laughs> yeah. go, oh, Lou's famous, he knows Alvin Martin. But then he did his motivational speech. He absolutely slaughtered me. He <laughs> tore me to bits. He was just taking the pee out of me all the time. And the people loved it, obviously. Yeah. But, but I, 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 I mean, we, we, we probably, we, we, we used to give him a bit of stick. But I mean, what, what he achieved is, and, and, I, and I personally think, I think he's the best aerial centre-half I've ever seen anywhere. Hmm. I think he's the best there's been. I can't think of anyone better in the air than him. Was it, what was it like? People may not know, because you continue to watch West Ham play. Um, you still do to this day. So what was it like, though, watching, you know, did you go straight back over there? So you've, you've, got, you've gone to work with the council. But now Saturdays, you still what you still watching West Ham? Well, in the in the, the the half of the season that remained, I was still in the youth team. Yeah. So once that had gone, uh, I mean, I, I went and played. I went and played for East Ham United for a little while because a fellow right. said, "Yeah." Oh, and Frank Lampard was there because he's very good friends with all the with mm. with the the manager and the owner, like. And uh, and Peter Braybrook used to be training. He'd join in the training, and. Uh, I played there. And they, I mean, they had some good, play, very good players, and they got to the last eight of the Vars. They was on their way to Wembley. Well, I was just, I, I just, like I said, I'd rather go and watch West Ham, really. And I was earning a few quid as well, but I, I just, I preferred watching West Ham, and it, it was. Uh, but now I you're watching quite, your mates play. Which, well, yeah, it's surreal, isn't it? And yes, you know, yeah, I and, believe. And and sometimes. Sometimes they cheer and sometimes they boo, don't they? Mm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and they and they get a bit of stick, and and you, it's I don't know, it's just just how the game works, isn't it? You know. Yeah. How many of the your youth team do you think could get into today's team? I'll put you on the spot there, won't I? How many? Yeah. In today's team. Or you know, or any team. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot worse. There's, there's worse people than most of that team. I've seen yeah. play with West Ham at one point yeah. or another. You know, one one person. I want to say who he is, only because I forgot who said it. But said um, it could have been the whole team could have got could have got forms, professional forms. Um, and of course, it, they, you proved that by getting to the final against a very good Ipswich Town team, 
yeah. made the majority of the team that eventually won the UEFA Cup two or three years later. But a person said, I can't for laughing remember who said it, which really makes it a shit story, but it said, could have been any, they could have all, the law of averages said they can't all get a contract. But I mean, from from team. that team, it's hard, you know, because the, the, the mantra nowadays is it, if we can find one out of like 50 kids, we've done well. Well, off the, top of, off the top of my head, <laughs> you've got Alvin made it, Curbs made it, Paul Brush spent seven, eight years, maybe yep. longer, ten years West Ham. Uh, Jeff Pike, another yep. one, ten years West Ham, made it. There's four straight... There's four made it there, but... There, then... then, then Terry Erlock. Terry Erlock. Obviously, Lake Bloomer, because he, he, he travelled about a bit before... Ended up at Millwall in the first division, and then he's an absolute well, not an absolute, but my mate's a big Rangers fan, and he he, he loved him. No, I, I legend wherever he's played. Yeah, I, I sent him a photograph. I know a fellow who was a Brentford fan, and he's yeah. their best player of all time, I think. Yeah. Right, yeah, he was at Brentford before Millwall. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if he was at Fulham or um, he was definitely Fulham, at Southampton, Southampton. Uh, and a loved player wherever he went. Obviously, didn't didn't get the break at, at West Ham, but I suppose in a way, if you look at the midfield at the time, it would have been hard. And in a way, I don't know if that's why Curbs, um, you know, I started going over there mid seventies. I, I think the Thanks. thing that happened with I know what happened with Curbs. He told with me Curbs is because Devonshire come along. Yeah, and he was an amazing player, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah? and. And there was Trevor Brook in. Yeah. So those two oh. were like, you know. I know the story. Do you want to say the story? I well, know but those two ran about, weren't they? Well, they yeah. They someone was... to do the donkey work. And it, yeah, Kerbsch yeah. Was, he was, I mean, he probably could have done it, but he, he, was, he was a passer, you know. Mm-hmm. And Pike, he, he, he did the donkey work, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, for me, Kerbishly. I don't know, I remember the big buzz when he came back with Birmingham City in 1979, the first time back. Boxing Day. Well, it weren't the Boxing Day because the game got cancelled. And then it was the (laughs) Bolly Bonds, Colin Todd square up. Yeah. Um, Was it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that was was Kerbsley's first game back. Um, And and I mean, I I remember Kerbsley playing a lot, being a big star. He, he he got a good run in the team. I thought the first year we went down, um, and obviously it, it was then that he decided. Well, I don't know if he decided or whatever that Birmingham City um, was where he was going to go. Um, yeah. Strange f- fact that he actually left Birmingham to play for Villa as well. Yeah, it went down well. Um, not many. Yeah, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, not many people make that. Well, move. after they won the European Cup as well, just rub it. In. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lou, there's a couple of things about your West Ham career. For me, what was it like to score a goal? Because you only got the one. Oh, a goal was a goal. I mean, I wasn't a goal scorer. But the thing was, is while I, I was I was there, I wore every number from number two to number 17. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you're playing so against play anywhere. Orient. And, and you're listed yeah. in the programme last. So you got Sprawling, Gold, Boiling, Horner. Lawrence, Debenham, these names, Baldwin, 
Herlock is playing Robinson, yeah. a P. Paris, a D. O'Connell, and then you. Um, Billy Lansdowne was playing. Um, you, you, and you and Terry Herlock scored in a 2-1 win against Dory. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, no, I know I only scored. It was an header. I only scored one goal ever. West Ham. Because I was playing up front. Mm. And uh, that was, that was uh, in the juniors. It wasn't in the youth team. It was the juniors, the fourth team. And that was when Tony Carr just started. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I think they, they, they just put me in any old position. So this is before, yeah, this is 1974. Yeah. Um, and then... So, I mean, I, I, I actually played. Sometimes I couldn't even get a game in the, in the juniors. I mean, they, they used to put their teams up on a Friday. And I used to start looking from the skirting board upwards, you know, <laughs> see far how, how far down the pecking order I was. Well, I actually played with the reserves before I played in the youth team, you know. And the, it's, then, just, it's just a bit mad. Yeah. The the other thing is, is obviously at the same time West Ham get to the cup final, and you you being a West Ham fan, obviously get to go to the cup final yeah. uh, as part as as part of the t- you know. The, was there anything the special? Yeah, as part of the club. What did you get to do? I oh, know, but go on. Tell I know as well. <laughs> so what did you get to do on cup final day? I was the, uh, probably the uh, the ultimate quiz question for West Ham fans. Who was West Ham's other number five that day? And it was me. And I was in the footballer's mile. And... Uh, I come last by quite a long way. <laughs> yeah, I, I seem to remember that you didn't try. Would no, that be harsh? Just, no, <laughs> no. More I concerned just, waving to your mates, I think. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, well, did my mate Gary, Gary Sprout. Well, the, the way it happened was, <laughs> it's sort of uh, it was last minute stuff, and Ron Green would come around and sort of. I think he asked the reserves first. Because obviously he didn't ask for. I think the idea of it was is they'd have the year before they'd have like proper runners, right? I think David Bedford or someone like that who was like a top runner in the country. And this is a race around Wembley. Was it in, a mile in, then? Yeah. Around Wembley. It was Wembley. called the Footballers Mile, right? Yeah. And he was looking for a volunteer. All the reserves they didn't fancy it, and he said, "Who wants to do it?" Well, no one's going to volunteer, are they? So he just went, right, I was volunteered. You can do it, Lou. You can run them out. And I was like, oh, dear. And you just think, yeah, I'd like to do it, because where would you like to be, really? You know, cup final day, running around Wembley. Not that bad, is it? In a West Ham shirt. In a West Ham shirt, yeah. Before, you know, it was half past two. There's 90,000 people in the ground, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. So you just, and you get to do the walk, you know? Yeah. So if you was like, it's like winning a Disney competition, isn't it? If if he was just a, a fan and said, "Wow, I get to do that," but, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was on telly. I, I, you know, I remember my mum shouting at the telly. Um, it, oh, it's on it, both sides at once. Yeah, you don't get that to do no, that very that's, often. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't remember my mum watching many football games. To be honest, Lou, um, but uh, she did watch you do that. I, know. Um, I never told anyone. No. My mum nearly had a heart attack watching it. And my dad was in the ground with my uncle. 
And uh, first of all, my aunt kept saying to people, oh, that's his boy. That's his boy. <laughs> but as I gradually fell behind, I think he sort of just put his head in his hands. <laughs> so and my brother, I mean, the comical thing was, is my brother, he was on terraces. I didn't tell him either. And he said the name. I don't, I don't know whether you could see it was me. And he went, what's he doing in it? <laughs> he don't run. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, there, you know, the precursor was, I've, I think I was in the Nurm Schools Championships for the mile and I come about 11th. So it ain't, ain't going to go well, is it? No. <laughs> no. But it was an experience. I mean, you know, we get to, I was like, I remember standing in the tunnel and because of what time it was, all the players was inspecting the pitch, you know. And like, so they all walked up and Ron Green would come up. Oh, hello, Lou. How you going? All right. And Pete was saying, everyone said, and they had, all these like go, bloody hell, you know a lot of people, didn't you? I was like, well, I'm at West Ham, aren't I? So all the other fellas were there. And then Mervyn Day comes by and he says, what are you doing here? You're useless. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Um, let, all right, before we finish, then Luke, what you, you're still going West Ham now? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's what's your thoughts on on modern day West Ham? Uh, I think it's modern day football. I think we see the best of football as a a game where teams compete. It's gone. I mean, it's phenomenal. What what you know, Guardiola and people like that have done, but I don't think football's as, as good. You sound like a dinosaur saying that. But I, I sort of, I sort of fell out, fell out of love with it a bit when Man United played Barcelona in the uh, European Cup final at Wembley. And Barcelona got a corner and passed it back to the centre circle and started from there. It was like all choreographed and it's just... I mean, they're amazing teams, but it just, I find it, quite often I find it boring, which is, I think that's why sometimes when people say you don't get the atmosphere, is because they don't move the ball very quickly, you know? Mm. And they pass it around at the back and they go round in a horseshoe from right back, round the left back. Yeah, back ball again. position. I'd, I'd, and it's just, yeah. it's, it's nothing, you know? And very often, nobody risks the ball anymore. That's what I think, you know. They just won't risk the ball, so they don't, they don't go forward. I mean, the good teams do, because they can do it. They do what they like. But the other teams, you, you don't risk the ball, so you hang on to it as long as you can. It's just... I think, I think that's why you say there's like a lack of atmosphere. Well, no one's, no one's going to get out of their seat and start shouting and lorrying until it goes over the halfway line and we're attacking, aren't they? Hmm. I do. But... Right? <laughs> I don't You're stop shouting and all of Yeah, I'm too far away to notice. Um, but well, yeah. so am I. Yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, if I think if you can't read the number, the name on the shirt, you're too far away. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, yeah. I can't read the numbers now. Um, really? I'm that far away. Yeah, yeah, I'm that far away. Must yeah. be cheap though. It is cheap. Well, you reminded me. I've got to renew it uh, today. Um, so yeah, it is I renewed. I renewed mine, and I wasn't gonna. No, me as well. Yeah. I've got talked into it. Oh, well done. I'm glad you have. You were one of them that talked into it. Talked me into it. It's a bad drug, isn't it? Um, It it is the way Nigel serves it. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Lou. Um, I've got a couple of quick fire questions then. So, best player played with? Played with? Mm. I don't know, I suppose. Who's our player? They don't listen. By the way, lose one of our eight listeners, if you didn't know. Oh, yeah. So, none of you have a team. None of you have a, none yeah, of these none players. Of players they're not listeners. So, don't worry about upsetting people. Oh, I ain't upsetting. I mean, probably, well, I mean, certainly the one who achieved the most is... Mind you, I mean, uh, I don't play... I don't know. I mean, I, I remember when, when, when we, we were school kids... Uh, and we was training with West Ham, and then uh, I saw Ron Greenwood said to like me and Brush, he said, you get a day off school, just turn up, you can come any time you like. And I think we had one of these, I don't know, what they call it, inset days or something. Mm. And it was just me and him, there was no one else of the other fellas there. So it was, so we was training with the youth team, and they played the reserves. And uh, I had this tall blonde fella, he who was on his last legs at West Ham, playing in reserves and he he was playing middle and midfield and Brushy was playing against him and uh, we were school kids and I was marking Dudley Tyler yes from Hereford yeah yeah. and that's I think that's the biggest thrill I ever had in football being on the same pitch as him Bobby Moore because yeah. he was just you know I mean he's I don't know he's He's easily the best player ever played at West Ham. Yeah. So why but, did it take you so long to get there to say the answer? You knew but it was, I, it was a good build-up, though. That was a good build-up. It build was up. a good build-up. I knew it was but, coming. Well, I do think... <laughs> I think the greatest hammer of them all is Bonzo, though. So that's the way I get him around both. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. best player you played against? Mm, probably Glenn Odell, I suppose. A lot of people said that. He was that good as a kid? Well, he was, wasn't he? Oh, we played... Well, I mean, we we used to play Spurs in what was illegal games then, in school holidays. And uh, he was playing, and he, he just stood out. But we played his school. When, when we uh, won the National, we played his school, Burnt Mill in Arlo. Mm. And so there's all us towners, yeah? So they're like... We, we was like kids Canny Town all over Norm come to our school so we had a we had a free few bruises in there and uh, we beat them 6-0 but I remember we got the ball on the halfway line and with everyone trying to kick the shit out of him he managed to get down to the corner flag without dropping it <laughs> and that's what he was phenomenal talent hmm all right. I mean, to wrap it up, I don't know. It, I'm, I've looked forward to doing this for a long time. As as a little kid, Lou, um, one of my f- abiding memories is watching your mum iron your West Ham kit um, in the back room. We was never allowed in the front room. I don't know why. Um, but we're sitting in the back room watching your mum and seeing that. And it was the away kit, funny enough, I always remember, was the... Um, the blue with the carrot hoops and your mum was ironing it and I did wonder what it'd be like to wear it which obviously I was never going to be anywhere near that 
And um, I've never forgot the first time you took me West Ham as well, which was against Swansea. Was it? Yeah. Um, another time I was at your mum's and rather than go with my uncle, you allowed me to go with you. And it was on the West Terrace before yeah. the seats went in. Um, 1979. I've got a good memory. Right. <laughs> like you have. Yeah. So, yeah. It it was, yeah. You were sort of a, a, like a little hero to me. Well, not a little hero. I was, you know, it was great. He was only 27. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, five, six, seven years old, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it was a, it was a big thing for me anyway. So, thanks for agreeing to do this, Lou. Yeah, no, it's right. fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been quite good. Yeah. And, um, all right. and, and hopefully you can, uh, we can get a few of the others on to come on. And, uh, Absolutely, they have some great stories. Have, but, have a yeah. little chat, yeah. Uh, well, that's we're going to wrap up now. Anything else you want to say, Lynn, before? No, not at all. I've enjoyed it. It's been quite branding cigar-like, isn't it? Quite leisurely. Yeah. Well, I hope... The listeners have heard it. Let us know what you thought. And uh, listen out in the coming weeks because me and Lou will be back during the summer and I'm sure old tubby little legs will come back as well at some point and give you a a transfer update that we've signed nobody and we're not going to. But until then, thanks for listening, people, and uh, see you next time. Getting to know you, having a good nose about you, having a gander, looking at what makes you tick. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market